Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We want to mention our sponsor today on Smart Companies Radio, Kelly Warner Law. To learn more about Kelly Warner's internet, defamation, and trade libel legal practice for entrepreneurs and professionals, head on over to kellywarnerlaw.com forward slash infographic. That's K-E-L-L-Y. W-A-R-N-E-R-L-A-W dot com forward slash infographic. You can also click on the logo on the IThinkBigger.com website. Our guest today is Lydia Bastianich. She is Emmy Award winning public television host. She's a best-selling cookbook author, a restaurateur, and the owner of a flourishing food and entertainment business. Lydia has married her two passions in life, her family and food, to create multiple culinary endeavors alongside her two children, Joseph and Tanya. She just recently released her third children's book in January called Lydia's Exciting Farm Adventure, and she's coming out with her next cookbook in October 2015. Today, we're going to be talking with Lydia about her entrepreneurial journey, and it's a great one. So, Lydia, let's just start at the very beginning. How did you get started? Oh, Kelly, I got started. (laughs) I was rather young. You know, we came to the United States as immigrants. I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, my my, uh, upbringing was with Grandma and uh, in a courtyard with the courtyard animals, and she, she grew her own vegetables and the fresh eggs and all of that. So my food uh, passion, uh, I think, is rooted there. And then coming as an immigrant to the United States, maybe the eagerness and the the passion and the want to succeed and to make it, uh, you know, once you are an immigrant and uh, you, you are kind of sponsored and you are, uh, we were brought here by the Catholic Charities. So all of that, you know, kind of plays says, you know, I need to make it on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, even at that young age, I think it played in my mind. So uh, the food part, let's get to the food part. Um, I, uh, I always loved cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to school, and I was actually in the sciences. I thought I liked the sciences. But then I met my husband, who was in the restaurant business. He was in the front of the house, as we call it. But okay. while going to school and to college, I always worked in food-related businesses. I mean, I started at 14 at Walken's Bakery, you know, Christopher Walken's family, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the German family. I worked with them. Uh, then uh, in, in college, you work, of course, most people do a restaurant service in the kitchen. Absolutely. And, uh, and then I married my husband, who was uh, a restaurant man, if you will, and that's how we got started. At, in 1971, we were married, had one child. I was actually only 24. He decided that he would like to open a restaurant, and I said, you know what? I'm going to help you, and I'm going <laughs> to learn. And that's how it started. Okay. When you came to America, what, where did you settle? Well, the, uh, we, they first found a little apartment for us. It was my mother, my father, my brother, and myself, just four of us, mm-hmm. and uh, in New Jersey. Okay, and we the stayed East. there for about six months. And then uh, a distant cousin found out we were here and found a home for us 
in Queens, in Astoria, Queens, which is uh, a neighbor, uh, a borough of of of, of uh, uh, New York City. And there, I'm I still live in Queens. You know, mm-hmm, it's, uh, mm-hmm. I settled there, and that's where we began. That's where our first restaurant was started. How did you finance that first restaurant? You are, you know, you're married with a small child, and you know the margins in the restaurant business are very, very low. So how how did you, how did you uh, finance that? Well, my husband, who was very eager, he was also an immigrant, the same route that we took. Uh, had wanted to open a restaurant. He had a partner, and they were talking, and look, and somehow it didn't seem right. And I said to him, "Well, you know, open it. I will help you." Mm-hmm. And now, money-wise, uh, you know, a small place, uh, nine tables, uh, total, very cozy I think, though. Mm-hmm. Very cozy. Very cozy. Low, low. You know, I mean, you can run it just uh, with a few, few people, and that was the. Uh, the plan, you know, something that you can control, something that the overhead is not that big. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, uh, you know, as Italians, the family sticks together. So my mother and father lived within the same house we did. They helped us with the kid, the first one, and then the second one came. And I could go to work. So I went with him. I said, let's, I'll help you. Let's the two of us do it. And I first began kind of on the outside and the front and greeting people and at the bar and, of course, uh, the checks and all of that. But then I knew I wanted to get in the kitchen. And I would make kind of local specialties, Italian specialties, and people loved them. So I decided that I would get in the kitchen. I became the sous chef. We had hired a chef. He cooked Italian-American food. I became his sous chef. And for 10 years, I apprenticed until I really got my strike. Uh, but beyond that, I knew that was my passion. Then we would go back to Italy, travel. I would work with, with, with chefs, uh, Italian chefs, during our vacations, come back to different courses. So I knew that I needed to learn a lot. And it took me 10 years to actually become uh, a full-fledged chef on my own. And it's those 10 years, the little restaurant of 36 seats, Grew up, uh, became 71 the next year, and then we became 150 seniors. Wow. And then within three, year, in three years, we had bought another little restaurant. So we were kind of expanding, growing as, as the opportunities came along. Sure. So within your original restaurant, did you have space to expand, or were you adding locations in order to get those so we, additional... The first one, we expand the next, you know... Sometimes uh, it's the opportunities when they come around. You take it, you yes. take the train, or you don't. You <laughs> but yes. the, the next next door, <laughs> the next door emptied, and we jumped for it. I said, you know, it was like an omen. Uh, maybe it is the right time. We had a line out the door. Um, you know, we we loved what we did. Uh, we were we were priced right. Uh, we 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 you know hospitality uh, was was really what we were all about. And and it worked, and we took on next door, mm-hmm. and from then on, again next door, and then another locale after three years. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been sitting here listening to you talk about your expansion and the success, the line stringing out the door, and I've been wanting to say, uh, what do you think was your secret ingredient? You know, I've been to New York many, many times. There are many fine, wonderful Italian restaurants there, uh, you're, and you're competing with those. What What is your secret ingredient? But it sounds to me, as you continue to talk, that 
it's just you make people feel like part of your family, that in addition to having wonderful food, you know, it's prepared lovingly by family, the service, you, you make people feel like they're family, and they just keep coming back. Is, is that the secret? I, I think, Kelly, I, I, think, I think you're right. I think that's a big part of it. But uh, uh, the, the restaurant business, the hospitality business, is, is more than just uh, food or, or mm-hmm. you know, delivering a plate. It's a lot of items. It's food, absolutely. It has to be cooked. Uh, you know, love is a kind of a, a word, but it has to be cooked consciously. Uh, uh, that so that the customer feels good that you that you nourish because food is nourishing it's yes. not just you know putting on the plate and getting money for it and then move on to the next mm-hmm. and i really feel till this day i feel that way the setting has to be beautiful the welcoming has to be there you have to make somebody feel at home you know if they come for the first time in this room and there's a room full of strange people you have to bring them in you see that's that's one of the most important things when they come in hello how are you welcome come on in uh, if you have a table otherwise you make them comfortable uh, we'll have a table in in 10 minutes or 20 minutes you bring them something to munch you need to care about people mm-hmm. like you would for your own family and people get that yes. people understand that but you know what I generally feel like that. I generally feel, you know, this is what I want to do for people. And uh, uh, also, you know, if you talk about uh, a business transaction, you have to give them value. You right. know, you have to give them what they pay for. Right, exactly. You were talking about the multiple locations, and you not only expanded within New York, but you chose to come to Kansas City, which is where we're broad- I'm broadcasting from right now. Why did you decide to open in Kansas City of all places in America? Well, Kelly, you know, after that, that those two places, from 71 to about 80, uh, we were in those two places and then expanding. But by then, it was 10 years, and I felt really like, okay, I can cook. And the food that we were cooking was Italian-American food because the chef was Italian-American. I would interject some of the regional Italian specialty that we cooked at home. Mm-hmm. And that's another element, you know, the, the reality of my cooking, real Italian. So in 1980, a good a, a business move, we leveraged, sold both of those places that were rented, still had enough uh, uh, renting uh, years of rental to be worth some money. We sold it and we ultimately bought the, the space where Felidia is now in New York City mm-hmm. on 58th Street. Mm-hmm. I became the chef there, full-fledged chef, and I cooked regional Italian cuisine. I said, now I'm going to cook. I am the chef. I had 10 years <laughs> of training and, and practicing. Uh, I am going to cook the food that we eat at home, that is really Italian, the regional food of Italy. That brought on a whole new slew of, let's say, in, if you want to kind of turn it in, in market in terminology, business terminology, marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, and I'm, you know, I'm not really planned. You know, I just wanted to cook that food, but the journalist picked up on it. This is, what is this woman cooking? What is this different? <laughs> I was in a way retro, but ahead of my time. Mm-hmm. And that's what brought everybody to the restaurant, all the news, and you be, uh, became popular. I mean, Julia Child, James Beard, they all came to the restaurant. It was grand. And, uh, you know, that's where kind of Lydia became who Lydia is today, the chef. Um, then, of course, the children grew up and, and, and went on. And coming, moving out of New York, you know, now I had 
the two children, first Joseph and then the second Tanya was born. And they grew up in the restaurant because after school they would come in the restaurant, grandma would be there helping, making the gnocchi and so on. But I always told them, I said, you know, this is not what you want to do. You want to have a real American job and go to school. <laughs> and and they did. They did. My, my son ended up in Wall Street and my daughter with a PhD in Renaissance Art History. So I'm very proud of them, but both of them now work with me. And when my son decided one day, coming from, from Merrill Lynch in Wall Street, and told me, he says, Mom, you know, uh, I'm going to quit my job. And I says, what? You're going to quit what? <laughs> and, he, and, and he said, well, you know, I'm not really happy. And I said, okay, then what are you going to do? He says, well, I think I'll stay here in the restaurant with you. And that kind of preoccupied me a little bit. <laughs> but that was the starting of a lot of new things. He came and, uh, uh, you know, I sent him to Italy for one year to really absorb uh, as much as he could. But when he came back, he wanted to move. And, uh, uh, you know, we opened Becco mm-hmm. on 48th Street. That was a big success. And after that, we had, so he had his, uh, our restaurant, we had the Lydia. And he says, you know what, there's a whole America out there that is maybe, maybe under service with the food that we serve. Uh, let's go look and let's let's go out west. And out uh, west. Uh-huh. go out west, young man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, uh, we, and we and we looked, and uh, Kansas City kind of you know we were looking for cities that were uh, you know nice medium large cities that were culturally vibrant, economically vibrant, and that were really underserviced in what we had. And, uh, uh, you know, Kansas City came up first, and uh, we settled there, and it's now, I think, 15 years. Wow, and what a remarkable choice you made in terms of location, because that area has just exploded in the last several years, and you couldn't have picked a better location, really, just there on the crossroad, at the crossroads by well, Union Station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Kelly, we were given the, the key to the city by the mayor for actually being the catalyst Mm-hmm. to the whole movement. I can't take the credit for it because, you know, looking uh, at the places, uh, real estate places, you know, a big new building didn't attract me so much, but that was an old warehouse, if you will. Yes. It was looking onto the train. It still is, the train mm-hmm. passing by, and it was kind of rustic, and it really epitomized for me what the West is. You know, this Kansas City was the the city where where everybody sort of in the time of, of, of actually going west would fill up and then cross the Rockies. Yes, it was a gateway and to so, the West. So exactly. So I said, you know, this this is it. We are here in the middle uh, of America and uh, I love the spot for that reason. And also because the warehouse had a little space. I could put some greens, <laughs> I could put flowers. Mm-hmm. We had uh, a little herbs and all of that. And uh, you know, I figured Everybody goes with the car. They'll come and drive. They'll come here and drive if we give them good food. And it's worked. It's worked very, very well. And I want to take a break now. Uh, Now that we've heard most of your story, I want to get started with the next phase of your career, which was your television show, your cookbooks, basically your entire empire that you have created. How did you know how you jumped from the restaurants into the rest of your entrepreneurial journey? You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. 
From finding new customers to getting more with less to just plain growing, I take my business personally. And that's why I'd like to personally invite you to the KC Business Builders Bootcamp, Wednesday, April 8th. Join sales growth experts and your fellow KC entrepreneurs and get growing. Go to sprint.bizhive.com slash KC to learn more or call 1-800-420-4070. That's sprint.bizhive.com slash KC or 1-800-420-4070. A lot of people who listen to this show are small business owners and entrepreneurs, and legal representation is critical, and it's critical to have it before you need it. But if someone defames you, online or off, find a defamation lawyer as soon as possible. Not doing so could inadvertently ruin an otherwise solid claim. Kelly Warner Law caters to people like you, entrepreneurs. One of the top internet law practices in the country, the attorneys at Kelly Warner have mastered the art of online reputation maintenance. Since opening their doors, Kelly Warner has helped more than a thousand businesses and professionals with all manner of trade libel and business defamation situations. More than just a client advocate, Kelly Warner's website is a resource for internet defamation news, tips, case studies, and statutes, both domestic and international. To read up on the legalities of online defamation law, head to kellywarnerlaw.com, a boutique law firm that delivers big firm results and better for a fraction of the price. Kelly Warner works with clients across North America, Europe, Australia, Canada, and Asia. To learn more about Kelly Warner's internet, defamation, and trade libel legal practice for entrepreneurs and professionals, head on over to kellywarnerlaw.com forward slash infographic. That's K-E-L-L-Y-W-A-R-N-E-R-L-A-W dot com forward slash infographic. You can also click on the logo on the ithinkbigger.com website. As I went through school, one giant question loomed over me. What did I want to be? First, I had to decide what I wanted to make. I wanted to make more, so I became a teacher. Now I make learning a privilege, not a chore, and frustration a tool, not an obstacle. I make working hard seem easy, and giving up impossible. I'm a teacher. I make more. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're talking here this morning with Lydia Bastianic. She is, uh, I don't even know how to begin to describe everything she's done. She, an immigrant from Italy. She and her husband started uh, the first Italian restaurant in uh, New York, and it has expanded uh, into not just New York, but here, right here in Kansas City, there's one, and there, there are others. But what I want to talk about now, after carving out the successful restaurant niche. It really took off when she started uh, offering the regional dishes from her home country. You know, now, Lydia, you have all kinds of products. You have a television show. You have books, not just cookbooks, but children's books. How did you make that transition from a successful restaurant owner to celebrity? How did, how did you do that? Uh, well, I think that you make opportunities in life for yourself. Uh, when you do things, when you're really excited about it, dedicated, passionate about it, uh, you, you make sure that, you know, you, you're doing the right thing. And, uh, you know, I, I am also uh, a teacher, and, and 
uh, I love to share things. And so as, as in that restaurant for Lydia, the first restaurant where I became the chef and, and uh, all the, the journalists kind of followed, uh, followed what is this lady doing, that's <laughs> what the opportunity we gained, begin to come. You know, once people know about you, they come and visit. So the first book was started there was Jay Jacobs. He was a, a writer for Gourmet. He says, Lydia, you should write a book. And I mm. said, but I'm not a writer. He says, I'll write it. Let's write it together. I'll write it, and you do the recipes and together. And that's how the first work, the book was born. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from there, uh, Julia Child came in. She wanted me to teach her how to make the risotto. Ultimately, she asked me to be on her show, and we did two episodes together, the Master Chef. And of course, the producer says, "You know, Lydia, you're pretty good. How about a show of your own?" Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be on PBS and remain on PBS. And that's how the show got started. And so one of the opportunities, you know, uh, it's as, as you travel in the business, there are opportunities. The question is to make the right choices and to, to make sure that you are competent, at least I felt that way, that I am competent to fulfill that challenge. Yes, absolutely. Because, and that, that's a very significant comment. As entrepreneurs, whether you're a restaurant owner or whether you own a technology firm, there are so many opportunities that come our way. It Sometimes it can be difficult to know which ones to engage with and pursue and which ones you have to just say, oh, that sounds interesting, but it's just not really the right thing. It's hard to make those decisions. When you've been confronted with that, how have you made the decision about whether to pursue or whether to let it go? Well, I think uh, initially, like the first book and the television, was really a personal impetus. I I wanted, I wanted to tell the story. I knew I had a lot. I still have stories to tell. I bet. And so that that was really, really, you know, a challenge. Am I am I competent to to put it together and to make it a success? But you know, you know what, Kelly? Along the way, you have so many uh, people, and you need people. It's not a solitary journey. Success is not solitary. It's it's about uh, uh, people working together and building up teams. So, you know, besides, besides the restaurant, uh, the, the book, you have your team, your editor, production, you have the production team, and so on. So it's about recognizing those things. As I went on and beyond my personal, you know, what is the right thing for once my son and then my daughter joined, what did they, depended a lot on what they wanted to do or what they didn't. Because I think when, when a business, my business has grown because of the family input. I wouldn't have done all of this by myself. Mm-hmm. It's my son, his business savvy, is my daughter, her, her uh, 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 sort of a academic approach to research, to books, to television. Uh, and, and you have to, if you're going to bring your, your family in, everybody has to grow in their own way, in the way they like to grow. And that's why, you know, the production company, we ultimately own our own production company. That's what my daughter loves to do. I have nine books and three children books because my daughter helps me uh, with the research, with that. That's what she loves to do. Uh, we have all these restaurants because my son is a business person. He loves new restaurants and building restaurants. And so this is how I expanded. It was not by myself. By building those teams, and uh, the, the, I was lucky enough to have my children follow into into our footsteps mm-hmm. and uh, and they were good at it they yeah. are good at it well it, it sounds like it sounds like they were taught very well uh would you call yourself a serial entrepreneur 
Kelly, I love the challenge. Yes. You know, you put a challenge in front of me, and if I, I think I can add to that and I can make it happen, uh, it's hard to resist, you know. Uh, but I know that there's only so much you can do well. And that's where, you know, say, okay, this sounds good. Let's see, do I have the right people to pull together to make this a success? Do I have, you know, uh, you want to be the spirit, you want to be the leader, you want to be the kind of the, the initiate, uh, initial kind of fire to start it, mm-hmm. but then you need to carry it through, and that's in building teams. Yes. Um, uh, you know, but, but, but Kelly, let me tell you that each, each project of mine is like a child, you know, like having different children. They're all different. They're all special. And I even tell them, you know, when I go and visit and, and see, we do have in place uh, uh, um, uh, an office that takes care of all the labor issues and the payroll issues mm-hmm. and the finances and taxes and all of that. But we still go and stimulate and give energy to the different businesses. And when I go to each business, you know, I am completely in that business. I am with one of my children. And, you know, I feel there. So I don't lump them all together into just a serial business effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you stay fresh? Uh, you, you've been at this for quite a while, and people continue to comment on how much they love your restaurants, your books sell well, your television show is very popular. How do you stay fresh? Well, I need to nurture myself. You know, mm-hmm. I need to travel. That's why I'm in Italy. I just brought three chefs with me. I brought the uh, the chef from Kansas City, Dan Sweeney. I brought uh, the chef from Becco, the chef from Palidia, uh, and uh, um, to Italy. We went and traveled and ate. We discussed. This is how I energize them. You know, they need to be out of the, they need to be in situ where the food that they're cooking comes from. Yes. And and uh, now they're going to go back all energized, and I love that. At the same time, I energize myself. So I, I need to travel. I need to go to, I mean, I go to, to con- symposiums. I read. I love, you know, all of the, I don't love the the, uh, uh, the, the, the cuisine of, of uh, uh, the micro cuisine. That I do not love, mm-hmm. but I, you know, very much into the, into the science uh, and nourishment of, of cuisine. Uh, I'm very much into into the uh, this whole expo now, but the concern of of uh, world cuisine and where is, where I'm going with food and all of that. So I need to kind of be ahead of the curve, inform myself so that I can it can seep in through my in through my messages uh, through my places. So people need to know that I am working for them, but I don't see it like work. You know, I love it, I enjoy it. So, but they need to see that Lydia is out there. And uh, she's, she's, you know, they see me involved in organizations. They see me involved doing fundraising. I mean, you know, I do a lot of fundraising for, for social causes. This is all part of, of, I think, my contribution, my being part of, of society, and then, then relating to that society business-wise. Yes, and obviously it permeates. It, it You can see that through all of your different endeavors. Lydia, it's been wonderful having you on the show today, hearing about your entrepreneurial journey, hearing about your secrets to success, and sharing those with all of our listeners. I'm sure that they have lots of takeaways this morning. And if they'd like to visit your website, what is your website? www.lydiasitaly.com. And the restaurants, they can go any place they want, and they can write me even 
notes and ask questions. Okay, so uh, I will respond. Lydia'sItaly.com. And from there, you can find right. all of the different things that Lydia has to offer, as well as talk with Lydia. And she, as she said, she'll respond to you. So, especially, you know, if you're an aspiring restaurant owner, you might be able to pick up a few tips from her. Thank you again so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Yes. And Thank if, you very much for having me. Absolutely. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.